get this back to sounding more like a talk show of the people for the people and of the Washington Commander fans in our area, of which there are many and of which they should feel at least okay this week because the Commanders are coming off a win and they've got another way more than winnable game this week against the Giants. Let's talk with Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network. He was in Atlanta for the Commanders' 24-16 win over the Falcons. Darrell, how are you? How you doing, Bob? How's everything going, brother? Everything's going good. Everything's going good. I'm excited to talk to you and kind of get your perspective on this one. It's hard for me to get past the fact that Atlanta is a really bad football team. Either that or they were just really bad on Sunday. They just couldn't get out of their own way. And I'm not giving the commanders enough credit, so I'm going to let you do that since you were there in person. But I just thought Atlanta was poorly coached, played poorly, couldn't get out of their own way. And Sam Howell and the Commanders did enough to win the game. What do you think? I, you know, probably around the same sentiment. You know, Atlanta just kind of seems like one of those teams that you never know what you're going to get from from week to week. Um, they've sneaked past a couple teams so far this year. We, you know, we saw them sneak past Green Bay in a game Green Bay probably should have won. Uh, and it's just watching them, watching them like kind of get things going. Uh, you know, they traded for Van Jefferson. Uh, they, 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 they thought they needed more receiver help. Uh, they kind of they finally got Kyle Pitts going. They got him in the mm-hmm. end zone in the game, mm-hmm. and I, I still it's the crazy thing about all of it. Uh, just watching it, just look lethargic. And Desmond Ritter, who I thought coming into the game, I was like, well, he's kind of starting to show up now. Completely looked like he reverted back this week. Mm-hmm. And you know the three interceptions were all just miserable. I mean, no interception is on time, but they just feel like they were miserably timed interceptions for Atlanta. Um, I was sitting right in the end zone when the St. Juice one happened, and like, oh. the Atlanta fans behind me were just like, <laughs> you know, they just they were over it. Um, I really thought we might have saw Taylor Heineke at one point during the game. I thought just oh, even yeah. if it was just for one snap, but it but it never happened. Uh, hey. But it was hard. It was hard to watch. Atlanta was Atlanta definitely had the struggles, um, and you know uh, Washington capitalized. Uh, they didn't Washington didn't play, in my opinion, over the top special. Uh, what I do like is that Sam Howell didn't make um, too many mistakes. Obviously, he got stacked five times, but we all know he's on pace for 99. So <laughs> <laughs> he's on pace for 99. Uh, the running game wasn't nothing special, but they did enough. Uh, I, I think overall, I think you know the team kind of just they just held on. They got through, like you said. I, I do like – I got a couple thoughts here. I do like where they were targeting the ball more this week. I mean, you got to get Terry McLaurin – double-digit targets, and that's what they did this week. Now, I don't know what's happened to Jahan Dotson and even De'Ami Brown, who have both become absolute no-factors in this thing, but wouldn't you agree? You've got to get the ball to McLaurin double-digit times. Yeah, and, I mean, it's good to see Terry get a little bit more in this one, but I, it, it's a feel like, okay, when you when the games of the last previous week has been has been the Logan Thomas show, you know, a lot, a lot of Logan Thomas uh in the last couple of weeks, he didn't get that much in this one, but it was definitely his show uh, a couple of weeks leading up to it. Uh, and I think, and Curtis Samuel, let me give Curtis Samuel some love because yep, yep. Curtis Samuel has played really well. I think he's got like four touchdowns in the last three games. So he's played really well, and he's become a little bit of a security blanket for Howe. Uh, but you're right, Terry, Dotson, they, those two guys definitely need to be way more involved in the offense. I do remember one play where you, you can see – 
how just it it just goes floating over Dotson's head. And there was another one where he had Dotson, and Dotson just couldn't get to it. Hmm. Uh, and then there was the Diami Brown. This Diamond has in the last two weeks has missed on two bombs that you know could have changed. You know, at the time maybe you know uh, definitely been momentum changes for Washington. He missed the one in Chicago last week where. He was pretty much all alone in the end zone, maybe missed by like a foot, and then he did the exact same thing in this Atlanta one where he had the receiver beat, couldn't bring it in. So that that's something that, you know, especially with Brown and, and Howell having that connection from UNC, uh, you would think maybe they can find a way to get that chemistry going. But, yes, Terry McLaurin has to get the ball more. Love to see Curtis Samuel doing what he's doing right now. And, you know, so McLaurin, Dotson, and Brown got to figure things out. They got to figure so- things out. So let me ask you the same question about figuring things out for this running game. You alluded to it a little bit. And let me actually ask you if we're pointing a finger here again at this already much maligned offensive line. You mentioned the five quarterback sacks on Howell, and they rushed for only 72 yards. That's less than three and a half yards per carry. So that's kind of stagnant. What's going on here, Darrell? Uh, you know, in this one, I would say a little bit had to do. You know, you know, when you got graded Jared out there, that that's going to make things a little bit difficult. And so, I thought I thought they, they did a really good job. Um, you know, you know, attacking things on the offensive line right off the bat. Uh, Calais Campbell got his 100 uh, career yep. sack. Yep. Future mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Congratulations mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the offensive line, they're not opening up the holes that the that the running backs need. That's that's one glaring thing that we've seen. And then on top of that. Uh, you know, with the sacks, you're seeing, I would say probably out of the five sacks, three of them were on the offensive line, two may have been on Sam. Uh, but that pocket collapses so fast, Sam tries to step up into the pocket and he ends up running into one of his linemen. I've seen that way more than I would like this season. <laughs> I've seen that way more than I mm-hmm. like this season. So uh, glaring issues on the offensive line. There's some yeah. offensive linemen I really like. I do like Nick Gates. I think he brings a a good energy and um, a, a, you know a swag to the uh, commanders as a whole as a team, uh, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. Uh, they they you know Charles Leno was out because his you know um, his wife had a miscarriage. So much love to um, Charles Leno and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it but it's just they just don't seem like they have things going off on that offensive line and and when you see a guy like Trent Williams out there killing it just killing it in San Francisco for the last two two or three seasons. You're like, you could still have him. Brandon Sheriff, you let him go, and you, you probably could still have him, and it would make a complete difference uh, on that offensive line. And they've been struggling since letting those two guys go. So you brought up a great point, Darrell. I, I want to go – and then we'll go flip-flop back to the Falcon side of this thing. Uh, Taylor Heineke, if ever you were going to put him in a game, wouldn't this be the game – that they should have put him in. I mean, you've already got a struggling quarterback. He's throwing interceptions all over the place. They've sacked him two or three times. They need a spark. Wouldn't you think you'd have some sense for the flair and for the dramatic, and you'd put Taylor Heineke in against his old team? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I felt the same thing. Uh, After the second one, you know, I was like, yeah, it might be happening here Uh, because it just wasn't clicking. And but I think the Falcons are in the same position that Washington is in right now, where they got a young quarterback, and no matter what the situation, they want them to kind of tough it, tough it through. 
And that's what Ron Rivera has been saying in the press conferences for the last couple of weeks, even, you know, when good games are bad. You know, uh, he, he's been leaving Sam in there because he wants him to grow and he wants him to learn. He wants him to, to go through some adversity. And I think that's what Atlanta's doing with Ritter. Uh, even though I think that for this game, uh, Taylor Heineke would have made a complete difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we've seen what he, what he can do, especially coming off of the bench. We've seen what he can do. Uh, and would have just been nice, you know, especially, like I said, if the NFL script is real, it would have been something that would have been uh, really nice for, uh, you know, nice storyline overall. But they just they just let him sit in there. They just let him sit in there. I, I just uh, – Arthur Smith was horrible. His decision-making, his play, <laughs> whoever's calling him, they, they were he – was, he was terrible. And that's another one I'm going to add to it because that one's sitting to him right there on a silver platter. I mean, I know coaches don't think the way you and I are thinking here and it would have been a nice story and all that. I think it would have been a win. I think Taylor Heineke would have been so fired up and his teammates would have been so fired up, they would have found a way to win that game, which is what he's trying to do. And then I could go into my owner or my media or whatever and say, look, that was just a gut instinct. I'm only doing it for one game. We're committed to Ritter. We are. And he's coming back next week. But I just thought, you know, flair for the dramatic. I'm putting him in to see what he can do. And he he would have won the game for them. I'm convinced. I, 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 you know what's funny? I just knowing, you know, kind of how things ended in Washington to an extent. I would say, yeah. It, it, and the way that that drive, that last drive was going, you know, that Atlanta was coming down the field. The Washington defense who struggled, all, who struggled pretty much the whole season. They've given up thirty points in every game except for the first one and this one. And uh, they were almost about to give up the ghost and tie this game up before Ritter threw the interception. <laughs> yep. And so it's like, wow, man, you're, you're that close on it. And it just, it would have been, an, I think it would have been a better move. But uh, Arthur Smith, I don't know exactly what the, what, the, what the thought process that he's got going on down there right now, but you got a team that's 3-3. Three and three, yeah. And in the NFC, you still can make the playoffs. You got to start thinking about those decisions as we get a little bit deeper in the season. Again, my gut tells me it would have been a really nice story for everybody, and it would have been a win. It would have been a win-win for them, which they they would desperately. All right, enough of that. Enough of the Falcons. The Commanders have their enough enough of their issues and problems. But should they get healthy uh, this week? I know they're back on the road again, but they are going to go in this game as a road favorite against a giant team that you talk about a team muddling along at one and five. They're certainly doing that. Well, here's the thing, um, Bob, and, and if you go back and look at the last couple of years, the Giants have had the commander's number. Yeah. No matter what yeah. no matter what the situation has been, no matter what the records have been, somehow, some way, the Giants have either, you know what I mean, I lost one in there, but like last year you had the tie and then you had the, the loss on, uh, you had the loss on uh, Sunday night. Then you had a couple of years ago where the Giants had came in and, um, I think the commanders had a chance to do the two-point conversion, or they decided to go for the two-point conversion and then end up losing the game. That way, in in, um, Jersey slash New York, it it, it gives you this vibe that if the Washington commanders don't come in there with the right mindset, the Giants will will win this game. Hmm. That's that's the thing that kind of makes me a little weary. Washington can fully win this game. To me, they have the better roster. But Saquon Barkley has always given them trouble. And I, I I don't count out Tyrod Taylor. I just don't count out Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. He he's just, he's always been gutsy. He's the one that got the Bills back to the playoffs a couple of years ago and didn't get any love from that. And they sent some shipping, and then he goes to San Diego slash L.A. and he gets stabbed in the chest 
and he doesn't get a chance to get an opportunity to start there. Uh, and he's got an opportunity here, $45 million or not. He's got a four-game stretch where he can go and do some things. So, you know, I, I wish him the best, you know, him being from Virginia. Uh, but it's, it's just one of those those things, Bob, that said, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And that, that's the vibe I got going into this game. All right. Are you heading to East Rutherford? I am. I'll be leaving uh, leaving early Saturday night. I got a wedding on Saturday. My One of my uh, best friends is getting married. Heading out there to celebrate with him, and then I'm leaving from there, heading up to Baltimore, and then I'm going to ride up to New York or Jersey. Uh, I'm going to ride up to Jersey all Sunday morning. Good luck with that. You'll be all over I-95. Good luck with that up there. (laughs) But another busy weekend for Darrell Owens, and we're glad he could spend some time with us. And on the backside, we'll catch up again, all right? All right. Good to hear from you, Bob. Likewise, safe travels up there, Durrell. Thank you. Uh, man, he hustles. He's, he's all over the place. So, yeah, 1 o'clock kick, Commanders and Giants. And this is another one I just can't get used to this. Um, the game's on CBS again. Like, there's no more of this dividing line with AFC on CBS and NFC on Fox. They're just slapping games left and right anywhere. I mean, Falcons and Buccaneers, that's another. Uh, uh, that one is on Fox. I beg your pardon. I was reading it wrong. Uh, Commanders and Giants, though, is the CBS game at 1 o'clock on, on Sunday afternoon. So we'll get that game here, obviously, in our neck of the woods for sure. All right, uh, one more segment to go. We'll get our final break in here. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up, uh, 804-327-0888. If you haven't gotten in yet and you want to, we'll have some time before we get you up to the top of the hour. And then National League Championship Series Game 2 is airtime 730 from ESPN Radio this evening. Finish it up next on the Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN.